0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
1: This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush and we're determined to get our old Norwich back. Do us a favour as we approach a brand new season. Yes, another one. If you know a Norwich fan and you might like the podcast, then pass it on, tell them about it, send them a link and we can spread the word on City. Now coming up, pre-season, more Transfer Talk and episode 47, we start our first memorable matches. It is episode forty seven, I think, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, forty six last time, so um, my maths does me well. Uh, talking of maths, have we let a goal in yet in pre season? Oh yes, we have yeah. against Kings
2: Lynn. We did, and and against Barnet in the first one as well, John.
1: Oh, okay. I was getting yeah. ahead of myself. The last yeah. two games.
2: Yeah, but but that's a, that is a good point actually because the message is coming out that the the defence the defensive side does look a bit more solid. Um, and that I think that's the the plus point. Of course, the other side is the lack of goals.
1: Yeah. So let's run through the Barnet one, Norwich City one, Kingslin one, Norwich City six, uh, Darmstadt nil, Norwich City one, and um, FCK sounds an interesting club. Kaiser
2: uh, K- Kys- is what. Uh... Is that they also call it.
1: Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Yes, it looks an interesting um, abbreviation. Uh, FCK. <laughs> um, FCK, Neil. Uh, Kaiserslautern, uh, Neil. Norwich City, Neil. And we pay AZ Alkmaar and then Toulouse uh, back at Carrow Road uh, in uh, a couple of uh, days' time as well. So, yeah, not not many goals. I mean, obviously, 6-1, but that's Kings Lynn. Not I many think, goals yeah. in, and, Ge- in Germany.
2: And apart from, I think, King's Lynn being at the sixth level, also the club is in a bit of disarray because they didn't get promoted last year most of their players are gone right so you can almost dismiss that so the other two, the other, the other um four games we've got two girls go- sorry three games we've got two girls
1: yeah okay so that so defensively it looks it looks stronger yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously some of the new players uh, have have played and and started and
2: you you've seen that the, about the injury though to Borgia's an.
1: Um, no, I hadn't to be fair.
2: Right. No, he um his second training session, he went over <laughs> on his ankle and he's out till October. So he's he was our main creative wide player that we've brought in. Brilliant. And he's now and then uh, against um Kaiser Slaughton, Jonathan Tomkinson, who's the sort of up and coming centre back, he yep. did the same injury, ankle ligament. He's out uh, he'll be he's likely to be out for the same time.
1: Interesting. Because we're asking at the moment for eight and a half million for Rashika, yes, for Galatas from Galatasaray. So we're obviously still looking to sell him, yeah. Uh, And I saw we we sent another defender out on loan, yes, to Accrington Stanley, that's right, yeah.
2: He was the other young lad alongside, I think he's a 19 year old alongside Jonathan Tompkinson. So we're really down to um, um, Amadeli. Yeah. Um, Gibson, Hanley, of course, is injured, yeah. um, sh- and Shane Duffy. Right. That seems to be, uh, and of course, there is the uh, the chance that Omar Bamideli might be sold.
1: Yes, which is where we thought he might be in the in the last episode, which is the start yeah. of the summer. Yeah, it was Brad Hills who's uh, that's called, right. Uh, yeah, Brad that is Williams right. John, and, yeah. So I can see why people are, are still saying that w- we we should sign another centre back potentially. Yep. Um, we should sign another midfielder. We're probably still looking to sign a striker, aren't we? What? Well, where well, are we with the uh, with I the think... signings? I thought we, I thought the, the idea was to get all the business done quickly.
2: <laughs> I think it was. I mean, basically, the, the signings we've had have been free transfers, um, um, and the, the, I think the, the general feeling is before we pay any money out, we have probably got to get some money in. Yeah. Um, I. I The impression I get is that they're looking for another wide player. The whole idea of a central defensive midfielder seems to have um, fallen by the wayside because the message come out the club seems to be that McLean and Sarah will be um, the back two and that that will be sufficient because the the, um, heavy pressing game will then um, mean there's no need for further defensive midfielder. Right, okay. That's that. That seems to be the way that um, um, Wagner plays it. The other thing, interestingly, about the lack of goals—did you know that when Huddersfield got promoted, they had a negative goal difference?
1: Wow. Okay. So, so we, I think it was
2: lots of one-nil wins and things like that.
1: So I think we we could get to a point where we—that is something that is not going to be a concern if you keep a clean sheet. Quite one 0 um... Yeah, but, but of
2: course you do have to keep a clean sheet.
1: Yes. Well, uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, and a, a couple of other things that have caught my eye. I see that uh, Pookie has gone to America. Yes. Not to play with Messi, but <laughs> he's not in Messi's team. No. Um, but so he's gone there. And then, of course, Daniel Farker has arrived at Leeds.
2: Yes, quite. We last spoke. Quite. And I see the Leeds, uh, I suppose it's I uh, I don't know if it's the chairman of Leeds, has said that. Uh, he didn't uh, get a fair deck, of, uh hand of cards at uh, at Norwich because of uh, you know to stand a chance in the Premier League. So, um, but you know he'll get plenty of backing at Leeds.
1: Yeah, the new Leeds chairman says that Farker's transfer pledge to rectify unfair experience is the headline in the Yorkshire. Oh right,
2: Newcastle. okay, yeah, right, yeah. That's sort of similar to what I'd read.
1: Yeah, so in effect. So, does that mean that Farker is in charge of bringing in players in Leeds? Because at Norwich, he was not in charge of that, was he? Because that was well, they
2: have got a Redford. temporary sporting director until the first of October. So, whether he's, uh, um, whether they're doing that together, or, or you know, or how 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 it's divided, I don't know, John.
1: And in our is he still with us update? I'm assuming yeah. Stuart Weber is still with us. Yes. Still gardening.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's still working. Apparently, working hard to bring players in. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's been highly successful since the last
2: episode. <laughs> just this point about, like, I mean, I mean, to be fair, the 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 injury to Sainz I mean, was, is really unfortunate because I don't think he had a bad injury record. It was just he, you know, he came and he's done that injury. But it did make me think, John. What I've always said is Wagner an unlucky manager.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: for the big signing, and he was, he was really the big signing um what uh and, and gets injured is he an unlucky manager and as i've always said an unlucky manager is bad as a bad manager
1: yes yes the you, you you tend to want to be uh, a manager that picks up results and just being you could be the world's best manager but if you don't have any luck
2: that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You, you're in all sorts of trouble. I mean, you could say that with a little bit with David Moyes to the point where yes. he, he's now won a European trophy. And yeah. admit, admittedly, you know, let's be honest, I, I do like the, the hashtag European champions that West Ham seem to be uh, putting <laughs> it, it is the third-rate competition in Europe. I That's mean, right. It's, it's, it's virtually the Intertoto Cup. Um <laughs> Uh, When we used to have the UEFA Cup and the Cup Winners (laughs) Cup and the European Cup, but it's not even any of them. No, no, quite. But ultimately, look, it's still a competition and they went and won it. And he's finally broken his duck and actually won something. I always thought he was quite an unlucky manager. That's
2: right. In that respect. You get to
1: that certain point. Um, And then, of course, it was always getting it over the edge, and I don't think he's ever done that. So let's see whether uh, Wagner can change that around from a a City perspective. Uh, Obviously, talking about catching my eye, a brand new kit. Are you going to go rushing out and buying it?
2: (laughs) No. No. When was the last time I had a, a Norwich City shirt? Do you well, it, it may well be five. I should think uh, it <laughs>
1: may well be when we had our memorable matches discussion coming up. Yeah, you know, quite. In in, in, a, in a few moments' time, but uh, yeah, so brand new kit. It, it seems to be last year. It was um, vertical stripes now it seems to be horizontal stripes yeah that that seems to be the main difference i mean they they have to make money don't they these are these are why the back in the day it was two or three years and you 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 might then change your away kit um but yeah literally every season three three kits again why do we need three kits we're a yellow and green team for goodness sake Uh, but but three kits changing every year um and you know there, there is that demand for it that's fine but it, yeah. does see, it does seem a bit ridiculous that every year you, you have to come up with a new way of, um, of showing it as well. I don't really know
2: how many people buy the third kit, do you, John? I mean, you, don't, you... it
1: depends how bad purple it is. It's just, <laughs> generally, my feeling on it. Um, it's interesting that Hernandez seems to be the face of it. Um, yeah. On all the emails, that's... A, it, in my inbox, having been at Wimbledon for two weeks, I haven't paid a, that a much attention from a from a Norwich City point of view. But they did it did drop into my email. Yeah, I, I,
2: I must admit, I, the 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 shirt coming out wasn't uh, one of the <laughs> most exciting. I did, by the way, notice that Dele had get given an interview to Josh Noble of the Financial Times. Okay, um, uh, it's it, it's a, it's an article that covers her. Uh, cookery career, and um, I mean, she does make the point in it that she's not going to retire. Um, but there was one little bit that I thought was worth mentioning because they they asked Delia, "Is Mark Antonazio heir apparent? Her apparent at the moment?" Right. At the moment, um, uh, and Delia replied, "We don't know." He seems like a really good guy now that didn't seem to me an unqualified <laughs> endorsement. You know. No, he is a good guy he seems a really good guy she yeah said. we have no idea what the future will bring we just have to wait and see what we have to do now is hand over to people we think will be good caretakers football is full of terrible disasters we won't have a disaster we'll do it properly um and, and as I said, she said she won't uh, she won't retire. Now, I found that interesting because all the stories come out of Coward Road. Well, this was going, th- the, you know, the legal process was going through and taking a lot of time. Mm. But this comment doesn't really seem to reinforce that. So goodness knows what's going on about the ownership, John.
1: Yeah, it, it very much seems to have all gone away. Um, and as you say, lots of things happening in the background. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not a ringing endorsement.
2: It's but. not, no, I didn't think so. And the other thing that I that, that I noticed was that um in the betting stakes for the championship for next year, Ipswich are above Norwich.
1: Yes. Yes, I have seen that. <laughs> and and so are Leeds.
2: Because... Y- yes, yes, Le- uh, Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Middlesbrough, Ipswich, and then Norwich. Mm. Is this the time that the we Norwich fans have got used to being, have got to get used to Ipswich being above us in the pecking order, John. Is this the start?
1: Well, look, it may bring us on to our memorable matches because I think we're at a point in the season, we're at the point of a, a generation. Um, it's still the Delia and Michael generation. Uh, yeah. And the memorable matches that we're going to talk about were still Delia and Michael. But it feels like at the moment we're on the cusp of whether we're going to slip and become a championship club for the next five years again. Yeah or we're going to carry on doing what we have been doing, which is a bit of a yo-yo. And that was a position when we were stuck in the championship where we want to rewind to and have our first kind of memorable matches discussion. And we will, for people who say, oh, you won't talk about anything pre-Premier League, we will be talking about games in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s over the next few weeks, episodes, seasons, et cetera, et cetera. But we want to start really with the arrival of, of, of Nigel Worthington.
2: Yes, John, that's, that's right. And and, and and this first look at really is that um, season where we uh, went to the playoffs for the first time. But just a little bit of background at, at uh, when Nigel Worthington came in. I mean, following relegation from the Premier League in 1995, Delia and Michael took over as owners, Yeah, um, approaching 30 years ago now. Um, under their steward, Stewardship, they then brought back Mike Walker as manager for two seasons, then Bruce Rio and uh, Brian Hamilton. And none of these appointments got City anywhere near the playoffs in what is now the championship. Mm. So, um, um, Nigel Worthington actually came to City as an assistant manager for the 2000 2001 season, assistant to Brian Hamilton
1: because they had that Northern Ireland connection.
2: That's right. Yes, Yeah, absolutely right. Um, but after a disastrous start, um, Hamilton resigned following a 2-0 away defeat at Portsmouth when we were sitting 20th in the league. Wow. And so facing really relegation to the third tier. Now, Worthington then um, wanted the job. And was appointed caretaker manager. I think he was given six games. Mm-hmm. And after two wins and three jo- draws in the next six games, including, you probably remember, I did a, a Boxing Day win at Queen's Park Rangers, 3-2. Yeah, right. And and he was appointed manager. So this was really Delia and Michael's first bit of luck um, in, app- in, in appointing managers because they hadn't had any success they didn't really go out and find Nigel Worthington. He was there. He wanted the job, and, and you know he 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 did the business in the first six games, and they gave it to him. And, so and I think that was you know that was really their first stroke of luck as far as appointments are concerned.
1: And another evidence in our in our well known, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know our opinion on this is that most successful Norwich City managers are uh, are brought in. From from either within the club or want to have something to prove rather than yes. like Brian Hamilton, uh, Bruce Ryok, um, etc. Et and et indeed,
2: Mike Walker really, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it returning indeed. Mike Walker really, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's absolutely right, John. And come Worthington, he'd had a brief spell as manager at Blackpool, but uh, he had very limited experience. Yeah, indeed. so really, after six seasons in the second tier, um never making the playoffs, and only once making the top 10, hopes were not that high for Worthington's first full season, the season 2001-2. After he came in, in that, uh, that Christmas, uh, he got us, I think, to about 15th in the league that year. So the, the hopes for the next season were not particularly high, but it did turn out to be much better than expected.
1: Indeed, it did, and that's where we're going to talk about our most memorable matches in yeah. uh, in a couple of minutes' time. So, I cannot believe it was six years and we'd never finished in the top. Only once in the top ten. I mean, yeah. it, it shows how how dire it was at that time, and yeah. how and what a lack of interest there was around. I mean, I remember Carol Road being. Uh, probably three quarters full as well, rather than week in, week out. Now it's it's always full. Majority absolutely, right, there's yeah. lots of empty seats, but there were vast areas of empty seats. You could get tickets when you needed to get them. It was a totally different, and and football was different in those days as well, um, you know, in terms of money and and, and the like. But yeah, it, it, to try and explain that to someone who who didn't really remember it, and I think that's the concern. Of where a lot of Norwich fans don't want to get back to right now is because as we all those remember. who
2: remember, I I think there are a lot of people who don't really remember that time because no. you know the you know from from the Lambert days we've uh, well, it's twenty five years ago. It's been up and down. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it I really know. is. So uh, we'll talk about the memorable matches next. This is the new old Norwich. Stay with us as we kick off our memorable matches. So this is the new Old Norwich, and we've had our... Uh, discussions about our greatest ever managers. We've had our greatest ever teams. We've had our greatest never team as well. Um, We decided for the new season that we were going to get into our most memorable matches. And if you want to get involved as well, we'd love to hear from you. We've got a list that we'll work through. Uh, We've already added some, I think um, from Dawn and from Adele who sent us theirs. Uh, But if you uh, want to let us know um, what your memorable match is, we can do a bit of digging on it and we can talk about it. So uh, track us down on Facebook or on Twitter at John Cushing, at Peter Cushing. You'll find us and let us know. Um, if there are matches that you want us to talk about. And as I said, we will talk about all matches from the 65 years that Dad has been supporting Norwich City. Um, They were some memorable matches in that, and there were some bloody awful ones as well. But (laughs) we are talking the arrival of Nigel Worthington. We had six years without only one top 10 finish. We'd never been anywhere near the playoffs, and we didn't quite realise what the uh, the joy that playoffs could bring us. So 2001-2002.
2: That's right, John, yeah. And it didn't start well that season, actually, because we lost 4-0 away <laughs> at Millwall in the first game. So as I said, expectations were not high. But there were more promising signs in the next game, the first match that I actually want to mention, at home to the eventual champions, Manchester City, who were managed by Kevin Keegan at the time. Right. Now, that was the game when new signing Mark Libra, yes. coming on as a substitute for Ewan Roberts, had only been on the pitch for 20 seconds when he picked up the ball from a free kick, flicked it over a def- defender and volleyed it into the river end net.
1: That was a cracking goal.
2: It was a cracking goal. <laughs> you um, and Paul McVeigh then smashed him a second goal in the 89th minute for a 2-0 win. And that seemed to change. Sort of feeling, really. It's the first time. I mean, obviously, we didn't know what was going to happen then. But that 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 game. I mean, as you say, that was a cracking goal. And Man
1: City went on to win the title. They did They did win the title. Ninety nine yeah. points. Yes. <laughs> so, um, from a Norwich point of view, the fact that they they got that that victory, as you say, that Mark Libra, um, it became at the time quite a, synonymous with the club. I think there were T shirts with him on the front and and doing. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah, he yeah, kind yeah. of stand there and celebrate? Kind of just he just stood still and was just. Like, I think he did. I think a he bit did. Like yeah. Can, a bit like Cantona had done. I think. Yeah.
2: Was it something? What did he have? Nineteen seconds? Was it not? And you know, I've got just down here as about twenty seconds. ago, but did he have nineteen seconds on shirts and things like right? That? Yeah, probably, something it. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but any anyway, rate, that from that game, John City never dropped that season. Never dropped out of the top ten. Right. And a good end of season run: five wins and two draws in the last seven games. Um, and as we entered the final game of the season, Sunday, the 21st of April, 2002, at home to Stockport County. That's right. So this is the next game, really, I want to mention. We were in seventh place at the time. Yeah. Same goal difference as Burnley, um, who was six, but um, on the same goal difference, but had scored more goals. It looked in that game as if it was going to be easy, if you remember, when the stockboard keeper, Andy Dibble, was sent off after two minutes down the Barclay end.
1: I couldn't believe Andy Dibble was still playing football. He, I remember him being at Luton Town um, in the 80s um, <laughs> and, and 90s. But yeah, he, he, he was sent off very, very early. He was. That's literally, right. Literally, it was sunny. And I remember always from the river end, you could never, the glare of the sunshine on the Barclay was always made it really difficult to see that end of the pitch at the start of the match. But, yeah, I remember him coming out. He handled it or something, didn't he? Or did he take someone out? I think,
2: yeah, I can't remember. I haven't looked up to see if it's on YouTube or anything. But, but yeah, so but, he was sent yeah, off. And, were, and we all thought that. We, we relaxed a bit, really, because we thought, well, we should be able to score goals and it should be easy. But and it Stock didn't work were, out that way, did Stock
1: it? we were going to get relegated, weren't they? I, I think they were. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: they were already relegated, weren't they? But So, Phil, Phil Mal Ryan put us up, one up just before half time. And it took um, Malky Mackay to score the second in the 75th minute.
1: And that was a, a stock Malky Mackay header.
2: It was, I think, yes, for sure, and it yeah. would have
1: been up the river end because it was up the river end, yeah. Second yeah. half always kicked towards the river end. Don't know why that ever changed. It needs to get back to that. So <laughs> if, if David Wagner had anything about him, he would kick on, He would kick towards the uh, the Barclay first half and river end setting up because the Barkley blow the ball into the back of the net. That's how it <laughs> works. It, we all know that if you change it, it doesn't work. So <laughs> that, that needs to go back that way. But yeah, a, a stock header from 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 Mackay and. Burnley. I mean I'm I'm
2: just looking yeah. at how... so the, the yeah sorry the, I mean when the game ended John didn't it we'd won 2-0 Burnley's game was still going on were well, Burnley 1-0 up right so it was it was then um we were uh one better on goal difference but if they scored another goal they would equal us on goal difference and go through on more, more goals scored yeah. into wow. sixth place and if I think if you remember Paul Gascoigne was playing for Burnley he had 6 games with them at the end of the season he came they brought him in just to see if they could get him in, them into the playoffs
1: that's right yeah
2: and he and he had a, i think he had a free kick or something right as as we were as we were waiting at the end of the game for their result it's over transistor radios and things um he had a free kick wow but um the game remained 1-0 so after seven seasons, obviously the sixth uh, at the seven, um, we had our first chance of returning to the Premier League, our first ever appearance in the playoffs.
1: And I mentioned about Man City finishing top with 99 points. Norwich finished sixth with 75 points. Yeah. And, and get this, our goal difference was only plus nine. Yeah. So we only scored 60 goals and we let in 51, which was yeah. the highest, apart from Man City, who left in, left in 52. So we'd let in more goals than anyone else in the top six. And we scored yeah. less goals than anyone else in the top six. And, yeah. we, and we lost 15 times that season. Yeah, but yeah. we won twenty two
2: times. Yeah, yeah, quite, and so, so we we only drew so three. We only but drew we always say, matches. yeah, you're better to you're better to lose one and uh, you know win them and lose them rather than keep drawing because you get three points if you and uh, win one lose one.
1: And Birmingham City, who we'll talk about in a moment, also clinched their place in the playoffs on the final day as well. So Birmingham yes. were fifth and Norwich were sixth.
2: And Wolves, who of course we were then due to play, were eleven points ahead of us in third place.
1: Indeed, they finished on the 86 points. Yeah. So, um, yeah. They're... And
2: also, John, that actually Wolves had choked that year from automatic promotion because they only won two of their final nine games. They had at one time an 11 point lead over West Brom, their rivals, mm. and West Brom were promoted ahead of them. Wow. So they didn't really come into that playoff semi final in the greatest of form.
1: And then we absolutely tore them apart in the opening. 75 the first leg because that would have been at carrow yeah right?
2: well the second half of this first leg if you remember because they took the lead didn't they
1: again up the river end and then went Yep. and then we swapped and um we yeah did, we again did
2: the business yeah yeah they that's right absolutely the second half really looking at that as one of our memorable matches that second half was just perfect wasn't it one nil down playing up towards the river end in the second half mark rivers Equalized a rather slow volley after um just after ten minutes into the second half. Paul McVeigh, the glancing header for two one, 73 right. minutes. And then injury time, Malky McKay nodded the third in injury time.
1: And it was exactly the same as the goal he scored against Stockport. Yeah. It? I
2: think this one came from a free kick.
1: But it was still that's crossed right. in but that's in, right. In nods do you know
2: do you know who did the cross?
1: Clint Easton, East? Clint Easton,
2: yeah, absolutely. Who also provided the assist for the Paul McVay goal.
1: Yeah, he was on form at the mo- at that point. Clint, Easton. yeah, 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 uh, Easton. But yeah, I, I, and it was exactly a week on. There were two Saturdays because I think
2: they were that. Sundays, no, the the, the game against Stockport, because that was the last game of the season, was on a Sunday. That was the following Sunday. Yeah, and then the second leg against Wolves was the following Wednesday.
1: And effectively, we went to Molyneux and just closed it down.
2: We did. And in fact, I mean, because it was on the radio, I, I listened to it on the radio and we were fair, you know, it, the, the game was ticking away, get to 76 minutes. We still got a two goal lead. And then, of course, they, they did score this cracker of a goal and it was a, a rather nervy last uh, <laughs> 14 plus extra extra minutes yeah. um, and do you remember, i don't know if you remember though at the end after we'd won it was a tremendous result as i said wolves were higher us there was a wolves fan a home fan with a flag which said you let us down again oh,
1: okay i always
2: remember that it's
1: yeah a... <laughs> and, and 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 wolves had very much like norwich and norwich have been in the top flight a lot more since before them um, Yes But the Wolves were Were really struggling to, to get back up At that point And you can see Why they were Why they were miserable But that goal That Malky Mackay Third goal Was
2: crucial yeah. Yeah. So going back To Malky Mackay Again That 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 um, goal Crucial to get us Into the final yeah. But also Of course the, the, the second goal Against Stockport Got us into the playoffs.
1: Yeah Exactly So he is Absolutely key at that point um so we, we and when then, i was when when i then, was
2: researching this john i did think about how important it is to have center halves who score goals for you and as we go through these memorable matches as something i'm going to look out for but that just demonstrates it doesn't it if you can get a defender who can get goals for you like that they can be worth their weight in gold
1: yes no absolutely right so it was then birmingham uh, yeah who, who'd beaten millwall um, in the other in the other se- uh, playoff uh, final yeah. so uh, of course which meant Steve Bruce who was in charge of Birmingham yeah um lots of of, of connections and 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 Birmingham were a, again were a club I think they were still owned by um the people who own West Ham now aren't they the Sullivan they were they and, were that's and, right yeah and Karen brady
2: yeah 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 so what are your memories of that uh, that uh, playoff final
1: well losing frankly um, <laughs> yeah
2: Go go back the stuff. Three thirty kickoff. Actually,
1: it was it a was three a- thirty kickoff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. The and it was a Sunday afternoon. It was on ITV. It was on ITV because ITV digital had gone bust during the season.
2: That's right. Yeah. 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 And so
1: it then ended up being ITV kept, kind of kept the rights. So they 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 put it on terrestrial television. So it meant. Every single person who'd ever I'd met in my entire life who knew I was a Norwich fan would be watching on that Sunday afternoon <laughs> and watching it happen. Um, looking at the team, I think, you know, Robert Green, Darren Kenton, Malcolm Mackay, Craig Fledham, Adam Drury, you would, you would say that was a great defensive um, yeah. back five. I think yeah. it's interesting, and I'd forgotten this player entirely, that David Nielsen was playing. That's um, right. Uh, and and and
2: Roberts was on the bench.
1: Yeah, and and Ewan Roberts was on the bench. Yeah, uh, so he was up front. You had your midfield of Rivers, Phil Ryan, Gary Holt, and Clint Ga- Easton yeah and and yeah. Paul McVay playing off. So yeah, so I mean, Ewan Roberts came on in the eighty third minute.
2: That's right, absolutely, yes.
1: <laughs> and Mark Libra didn't even come on at all. I mean, he his his, no. his 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 star had fallen somewhat. It had so.
2: a, you're right, absolutely. And and you mentioned Gary Holt there. He was he was key wasn't he you know the workhorse in midfield as well and uh, was with us then for but, but yeah yes just some other memories from the, obviously it was at the millennium stadium in cardiff
1: yeah it was hot it was sunny it was sweaty in there
2: yeah beforehand we'd had to queue 10 hours for tickets me and kim's co- <laughs> queued up for 10 hours in, in the in the days when you couldn't just sit in front of them and, uh
1: do you like queue around the river end and down the <sighs> south stand and back the- That's right. Yeah. yeah,
2: right. And then right round behind the Barclay. Yeah, it went all the way round behind the south stand right down to where the Barclay was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And oh. we, we,
2: I think we got there about one o'clock and we were there till 10 or 11 at night to get the tickets. That's
1: crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, no.
2: and then the afternoon itself, lovely sunny afternoon, yep. atomic kitten before the uh, kickoff.
1: Yeah, I can never hear "Whole" again. A because it's Atomic Kitten, but I can never hear that song without remembering that they played again in front of a TV audience. I mean, it, it made it made huge sense. Yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. playoff.
1: I mean, I know Sky do a great job of the playoffs on Sky now, but it it, it was it was a moment in in time, and, yeah. and Norwich was you know front and center, like like we've just seen with Wimbledon, it's on terrestrial TV and everyone talks about it and everyone watches it. And, yeah, and, yeah, and unfortunately point. for us, everyone sat and watched it <laughs> and saw the, that, other, the result.
2: The other thing, John, I know that the roof was closed and yeah. that was for spectator comfort due to the sun.
1: Right, okay, yeah. That was
2: the first time that, that roof, the roof had been closed for a, a reason other than inclement weather.
1: Yeah. Because I remember seeing like FA Cup finals and the sun being on the pitch. Yeah, um, yeah. But obviously, as you say, from a viewing point of view, I think they kind of realised it was, and, and from a spectating point of view, it was a good thing to do. Um, so, look, we, we we should have won that if we'd have scored. If if you and Roberts scored that just before the end instead of scoring it just at the start of the of the. That's final.
2: that's my real memory of that game, John. Thinking when he scored that, which was only seconds into extra time wasn't that yeah and my thought oh, why didn't he score that two minutes earlier before the 90 minutes and um, but what i also uh, um, learned when researching this john that roberts himself thought when he scored he thought that was a golden goal oh because they'd been quite golden goals were quite popular at that time he thought he'd scored a golden goal and it was only when they lined up to kick off that he realized
1: yeah, because I think the Euro didn't Euro two thousand, didn't they? The Fri- didn't the French win on a Euro goal? Did they? On, right, on yeah, a golden but goal. Yeah.
2: In- that did. That did. I, you know, I just sort of reflected and I thought, yeah, they were. There were a lot of golden goal games in those times. That's what he, th- he thought he'd won it.
1: I mean, you could you could look at it and go with Nigel Worthington if he'd have sent him on ten minutes previous, he would, yes, have, he would have had ten he minutes have, more on the extra. pitch. Yeah, and he might yeah. have scored when he when he had the opportunity before it, but uh, and then obviously look, Birmingham equalized. I think it's Jeff, Jeff Horsfield, wasn't it? Yeah, about eleven minutes
2: later. Yeah. yeah,
1: who I always thought was a carbon copy of you and Roberts. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of player. Um, I think a, a header across the box, and he just knocks it in or something.
2: That's right. Yeah, I think yeah, and he, you know, Green. I mean, Paul um, uh, Robert Green had a good game. That day I mean his performance In goal I, 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 I remember that But uh, Yeah So then was the penalties
1: <laughs> So I mean There was a couple Of other chances I think you and Roberts Had a chance Right at the end
2: He did Yeah
1: um, Which, you, which you did, didn't Quite happen um, but, And late chances For
2: Birmingham as well I think Weren't there
1: Yeah And and yeah. I, I I think From our point of view As soon as it went To penalties We knew We were going to lose
2: I think so Yeah Yeah
1: yeah. Um I mean the fact Especially that Birmingham, when... Birmingham didn't miss a penalty.
2: No, quite.
1: And and, and if you look at the the score line, it was four two. You know, the yeah. fact that you don't even get to, to the point where you have taken all five penalties. I just I think that, that just some so showed how disappointing it was from, yes. from my
2: point of view. Yeah.
1: Um Roberts was a dead cert, he scored. Um yeah. I think Mole Ryan missing was probably the key.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And we would, I mean, we said at the time, I mean, Daryl, such, to be fair to him, weren't a bad player for Norwich over the time, but he was not the most luckiest of players, was he?
1: No, and the fact he was third on the list again when you look at it, Roberts scored, Mul Ryan missed, Such missed, Easton comes and scores. We talked about Clint Easton and what how yeah. He he was he was in a great run of form. Now look, Daryl Such had been playing well that season. He was he was in the right back uh, position and he was playing well. But was he your third penalty taker?
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah,
1: and and I th- and I'd love to know who the fifth one was going to be. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming if something will we'll never. Almost- I'm assuming it would have pulled been Paul McVeigh or or um no he was off so um it could have been Notman Yes he was yeah it could have been Notman it could have been um I suppose one of the um one of the one of the defenders even um Malky Mackay or or, or Holt I can't see Holt taking a penalty No. and that, and, and that, right. to be honest when you look at that team I can't find five penalty takers. No,
0: there's
2: not, they don't jump away. And to be fair, John, if you look at it, we probably weren't ready for the Premier League at that time, Where we? we? would No, would... and I think
1: right when we go back to when we looked at the table, how many goals we'd scored, how many yeah. ma- matches we'd lost, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um,
2: yeah. but the, the big thing about that season was it turned the tide from there was season after season of doing, as you're saying, you know, hardly making the top ten only once it's uh it uh, it it showed us what was it
1: it showed us what was out there yeah and how close and how close you can get to it and i think to be fair and we'll probably talk about this in the next episode is that when we then got promoted we knew we needed goal scorers in the team because if you look at that man city team they scored 108 goals
2: yeah
1: (laughs) and got 99 points they blasted teams away yes they lost to the likes of norwich but they they are basically outscored people, and I think we learned from that, and I think Worthington learned from that, and yeah. so that's why he had to go and get Huckerby, and he had to go and get Peter Crouch.
2: Yeah, um, and 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 um, Svensson,
1: and Svensson, and Johansson, and, yeah. and there were so many. You think how many strikers we went through? Yeah, to 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 keep generating and scoring goals, and yeah, and yeah. and look, we'll talk about that in in, in episodes to come. But I think yeah, I think he learned. And this is why, I love, and this is why I think Worthington, and we talked about him as one of our greatest managers. He's up there because he did learn.
2: He now, did now. Yeah, the, yeah. Now. Yeah.
1: After the after getting to the Premier League I think he then He reverted to type A little bit And, and went a bit more defensive and, Yeah and to be
2: fair to him If it, if he'd had another year In the Premier League Or it had happened again He might have learned more he? But he, he made mistakes Moving into the Premier League And uh,
1: and then losing 6-0 On the final day against Fulham
2: Yeah absolutely Killed yeah. it Literally yeah. killed it Yeah But it did go with the final game Which is a lot better We've been doing recently
1: Well yeah but, <laughs> yeah. but I, 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 You're absolutely right And he and, and it goes goes back to that we were talking earlier on the episode lucky or unlucky that yeah that one match if he'd have st- if he'd have kept us up yeah we may he may well have become our greatest ever manager he might
2: have bl- absolutely he could have blossomed from there yeah yeah very true but as you say more of that later
1: <laughs> um so just quickly uh, yeah the the dismal drive home from cardiff was oh amazing. yes
2: <laughs> especially uh, us as we were going back to birmingham uh, uh, back up to nottingham and we had to uh, go into service areas where there were birmingham supporters celebrating
1: it yeah was it was a, it was a long way home on a sunday night
2: it was, yeah, yeah. Because because the game itself, it was well after six o'clock by the time at Finney.
1: Well, because of course we had extra time, not golden yeah. goal as we well know, and the, know. Pen,
2: <laughs> and the pen, yeah, the penalties and all that. And so, it,
1: and I think we stayed and watched the ceremony. I think, I mean, I don't think many Norwich fans did, but I, I'm pretty sure I stayed and watched because I'd never been right. to a, I never we'd never been to a playoff final. No,
2: absolutely, no, quite. It was a new um, experience, wasn't
1: it? So, and and I'd never been to a, you know, I was too young to go to the eighty five. Cup final, so I never... Yeah, never... quite. So
2: that was, yeah, the first time you'd seen them play at a national stadium.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. see a trophy being lifted. Unfortunately, it wasn't ours.
2: <laughs> right. So um, if
1: you've got any more particular memories on that, um, as I said, get in touch with us and some other memorable matches as well. And um, we're going to talk in the next episode about some memorable matches in the promotion year with Nigel Worthington. So if you've got some views on that, at John Cushing on Twitter, at Peter Cushing on Twitter, you'll find us on Facebook as well. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll continue our memorable matches countdown as the season continues. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush.